Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap. On our crop progress from the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service is out. That draws to a close the harvest of 2020 officially as far as their reporting is concerned. How are you, everybody? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee, glad to be along with you. That's one of the tidbits I've got for you on this Tuesday morning. Also, John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. He's going to be joining us this morning as well. Markets did see a bit of a sell-off yesterday, especially in soybeans and fluid milk contracts. We'll find out if the trend is continuing and what caused it when John joins us. Weather-wise, today we are going to stay sunny. That's the good news. 38 are expected high. Overnight lows tonight down to 23. Partly sunny tomorrow and 43. Thursday, partly sunny and 38. Friday, the outlook for sunshine and 41 degrees. So it looks like we're trending above average as far as our temperatures are concerned. We'll talk more details on that when Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, joins us in about 15 minutes or so. A history of success means proven performance. But let's call performance what it is. Profitability. And boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb brand corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb brand corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Not much progress was made in 2020 as far as labeling. Whether we're going to have geographic indicators, whether we're going to get those thrown out, but the folks from Wisconsin and dairy industry working very hard at it. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And, uh, you know, we've got the Codex standards. You produce it to Codex, you should be able to use the name. But as you found out, Josh, this is a, this is a fight that's going to go on for a while. Yeah, you said it perfectly, Bob. It's certainly something that got put to the back burner. But now as 2021 nears, everybody's standing around thinking, you know, we should maybe try and do something about this. Josh Scramlin here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And so much of our market is beyond our borders. And there's trade barriers in the European Union that, quite frankly, shouldn't be there. But for the time being, there isn't much we can do as the EU is essentially using a loophole of sorts by saying common food terms such as Parmesan, for example, are exclusive to their country, and American goods can't be using those names. So obviously that is not good for Wisconsin dairy. And Congressman Mike Gallagher, who represents the 8th District of Wisconsin, that's the Green Bay-Appleton area, he's hoping to do something about this, and he also offers up a more detailed explanation than I just did. Okay, so maybe to put it in simple terms, we've all had Parmesan cheese on our favorite pasta. You know, Maybe we've even washed it down with a Bordeaux or a glass of champagne. And while many of us, these names describe a type of cheese or wine, internationally, these names are derived from what are called geographical indications, or GIs, or the names associated with a specific location or region. And with the name comes a number of exclusive trade barriers that, to no surprise, benefit European food producers at the expense of American food producers. So while certain restrictions might be more fair than others, many of these names, such as bologna or feta cheese, are decades, if not centuries old, and have become so synonymous with the type of food that no alternative name exists. And that means when Wisconsin farms, which of course make the best cheese in the world, try to sell, for example, cheese with common names in European markets, they can't. 
So we believe that's completely unfair. We believe that gives an advantage to producers that's not based on quality, but based off location. And we believe it's time to change that. And that's why we sent the letter. So along with uh, California representatives, I led more than 100 members of Congress in calling on the U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and Secretary Sonny Perdue to prioritize fairness in common food names in their upcoming trade negotiations. Congressman, is it really as simple as the EU wanting to give preference to their own producers as opposed to giving a market share to American farmers? Is it actually that cut and dry? I think so. I mean, I'm open to uh, a counter analysis, uh, but I, I think it is sort of uh, protectionism, uh, for lack of a better term. You know, it's kind of similar to what we saw in the USMCA negotiations with Canada. Obviously, Canada has a very intense uh, supply management system and, and tried to shut Wisconsin dairy farmers out of their market. So, you know, it's a natural tendency for different governments to prioritize their own people, but we just want to be able to compete on a level playing field, particularly as we have complicated trade relationships with these countries. And then is one part of the problem that, because I know this has been going on for quite some time, is one part of the problem that the U.S. hasn't really been able to go in and actually do anything about it because they're using, they're, they're putting it under the common terms, but they're misusing them. So is it that misuse that kind of puts a blockade up for us to not be able to fix it the way we want to? Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think you combine that with just the general lack of awareness of, of how this is being done. I mean, as I said before, I mean, you think of something like feta, and I think for your average American, it's just there's there's no association with a, spe- a specific geography. And so I think most Americans don't even realize the way in which the system is being gamed and the way in which it's disadvantaging uh, American producers. And I think we have competitor countries that exploit that ambiguity to their advantage. So again, all we're calling for is fairness in trade negotiations, and particularly for these names that have been around for hundreds of years. I think it's hard to make an argument that the geographical indicator should still be relevant. So what have Wisconsin cheesemakers been saying to you and your office? Because it's all about growing the market. This is certainly limiting the market. So what has the cheese industry here in our state been bringing to your attention? I think the number one thing I hear from the industry uh, and this was really true before the pandemic, during the pandemic, is that we need to always be in the business of opening up foreign markets. I mean, the fact is 96% of the world's potential customers exist outside the continental United States. And so the best way that we can help our dairy farmers is to really op- open up those markets. I think we have an opportunity, um, not just as an economic matter that's good for our dairy farmers, but potentially as a geopolitical matter to strike some bilateral free trade agreements in the coming years with certain advanced countries. Uh, My hope is that Biden prioritize doing just that. But really, I think the farmers in Wisconsin always want their public officials to be in the business of opening up markets. And then the second thing I say is there's some things we can do domestically here. One thing I've um, led the charge on in Congress is asking the USDA to revise some of its guidance to schools when it comes to healthy meals for kids so that it includes full-fat dairy products, because we now know based on the science that these are actually good for kids, and we want our kids consuming healthy food, and we want that food to come from Wisconsin farmers.
When you send a letter to Secretary Purdue, we had talked about the whole milk situation a couple months back. You sent a letter to Secretary Purdue then. Now you're sending a letter to the U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer, as well as Secretary Purdue, asking them to look into these common terms and the trade barriers that the EU has put up. When you send a letter, what do you hope happens from that letter? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like um, the congressional equivalent of a, a shot across the bow. It's a way of of signaling strongly to the executive branch, short of legislation itself, that this is an important issue and we hope that they will resolve it. And usually when we do something like this, I will get a response from the requisite executive branch agency uh, and probably a, a discussion with the secretary himself. And hopefully the next time they sit down at the table with their European counterparts, they'll now know, because we've expressed how important it is to us, that they have to prioritize this issue. So I guess it's a way of of resolving problems below the level of actually legislating on it and having a productive back and forth between the legislative branch and the executive branch. Congressman Mike Gallagher, he is the representative for the 8th District of Wisconsin. That is the Appleton, Green Bay, Door County area. He's along with us right now on the Midwest Farm Report. So we have a Biden administration that is going to be taking over the White House on January 20th. What are you hoping that they keep in mind when it comes to Wisconsin dairy and international trade? Well, dairy should be bipartisan. I mean, I don't think it's a Republican or a Democratic thing. We want our farmers to succeed here in Wisconsin. And I think in the delegation in Wisconsin, we have a proud history of working together across party lines and regardless of who occupies the White House to help our farmers out. Um, these are incredibly difficult times for our farmers. And I think the last thing they need are more onerous regulations like those we saw under the Obama administration's WOTUS rules or regulations under the Green New Deal that would outlaw cows. Uh, so instead, I would hope the Biden administration doesn't go in that direction, but rather pursues actual solutions, which is why one thing we could do uh, is to pass the bill that I introduced with Representative Ron Kind that would create a Dairy Commission and Pricing Act, which would bring farmers and agricultural experts to the policy table to examine not just the short and long-term problems facing the industry, but also come up with solutions to address them. So, you know, if the Biden administration wants to uh, uh, work uh, with us on that bill, I'll be happy to do it. All right, Congressman, thank you so much for your time. That is Congressman Mike Gallagher. And recently he sent a letter along with over 100 other members of the House of Representatives to the administration asking them to protect common food and wine terms in future trade discussions. And essentially what's happening is the European Union is misusing protections meant for geographic indicators. And by doing that, they are putting up trade barriers that block American exports. Representative Gallagher says that the issue of keeping common cheese names available around the world is crucial to the growth of Wisconsin's $46 billion dairy farming and dairy manufacturing industry. You can check out the full story by heading to MidwestFarmReport.com. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Johnson Tractor has new Case IH equipment on hand ready for immediate delivery. And 0% financing makes it really easy. Find year-end savings on in-stock Case IH combines, tractors, and planters. Johnson Tractor will sweeten the deal when you trade in your current unit. Call Johnson Tractor today and find yourself in a new Case IH for a great price. Johnson Tractor, Janesville and Judah. Johnson Tractor from land to lawn. 
Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of Battles Won. Unlike asphalt shingles, which need warm weather to be installed properly, metal roofs can be installed throughout the winter in all kinds of cold weather. Contact us and get on our calendar as soon as you can. We'll help you plan for a beautiful metal roof. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta metal roof. S-W-I-T-A metalroofing.com. Sweeta metal roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. If she's not milking the cows, she's talking about them. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, here we go on the first day of December, a Tuesday at that. And believe it or not, there's no snow out there. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. There's no snow pretty much anywhere in Wisconsin. I mean, uh, I was just looking at the extended forecast. Doesn't look like we've got a lot of precipitation uh, that's in the forecast for the next 10 days. Where is the snow, Stu? Well, it snows over in the eastern Great Lakes, Pam. Lake effect snow, Lake Erie, that area. They're talking about heavy rains way off in Maine today. But if for some reason you're heading way up north, I think that uh, snow belt area on the south and east side of Lake Superior, that's probably going to get a little activity again later today or on into the nighttime. But beyond that, yeah, there's no snow cover out there. We don't have that brutal cold air. Yes, yesterday was cool enough. I I don't doubt what you're thinking. With low 30s for daytime highs and the breezes we saw, it was pretty chilly. It was chilly enough to be outside for a real long time. But if we dress accordingly, this is still almost typical weather for early December now. And we have to remember that. We've turned that calendar page. This is December when we start to think about colder air. And at most times, we talk about some pretty big snows rolling in. None of that, as Pam highlighted already, the next 7 to 10 days really doesn't look like snow is going to be an issue anywhere in Wisconsin. So we really are talking about a pretty mild and pretty dry pattern. There's going to be all kinds of activity in the central and southern Mississippi Valley in the next day or two. Low pressure is going to be pushed south and around us and back up into the east coast. So with the east coast seeing that snow and rain already today, they saw it yesterday, they'll have more today, and there'll be another wave coming in out of the south What that will, in effect, do is let us stay pretty mild. Kind of unusual when you think about it, because here we are in early December, and temperatures all along what we call the northern tier states, all of those that border Canada and include uh, Wisconsin, Michigan in that, we have above normal or normal and slightly above normal temperatures to deal with. When you look to the south, down toward the Gulf of Mexico, toward the southeast coast, 
They are cooler than normal. And that's where there's going to be snow and rain and ice and the like. Further south than here, we just stay a little more on the mild side, the dry side. Doesn't sound all that bad. Not a bad way to get this month of December underway. And even looking at all of the long-term guidance here, you know, out toward 10 days and better. Just not a big change anywhere. Those temperatures do their best to get a little more mild here. Once we make our way on, at least for a little hiccup, if you will, for tomorrow, we cool a bit for Thursday, but then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, those temps will be at and above normal, mid-30s, the normal highs, of course, and we're talking mid and upper 30s then for highs right through the weekend and right into early next week. Still pretty fair. Good chance to get a lot more things done as we continue to come up with that list to prepare for winter. I know how it is as you're outside doing something. Boy, I could get that done before it gets really cold out. Allows that chance we can take advantage of that and get a few more things done. So it's a real great forecast, and we'll look at it right after this. Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin Soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. A history of success means proven performance. But let's call performance what it is. Profitability and boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb brand corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb brand corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. I know that I'm welcoming, uh, at least, uh, even if it is cold, it's nice to still be able to get something done outside. My drive-in to work has uh, benefited with a whole lot more Christmas lights out there, Stu. This morning, they're blowing around a little bit, though. Oh, yeah, a little bit breezy yet today, but not quite as bad as yesterday. How about that? Let's look for some sunshine, a lot of mid-30s, right around normal, and the northwest winds only about 5 to 10. Overnight, clear and cool again, not quite like this morning. I expect most of us hold a bit closer to 20 overnight, and the northwest winds will be around 5. Another sunny, fine day, like I've said, a hiccup, a little warm-up Wednesday, about 40, maybe a low 40 here and there. Northwest winds about 5, and then there's Thursday, sunny again, a little cooler, upper 30s with the west winds at 5 to 10, and then upper 30s pushing toward 40 Friday in the weekend, Pam. It just really is giving us a nice break. Well, like I said, I'm sure that people will start chomping at the bit here pretty quick for a a white Christmas, but uh, right now, I'm happy to enter December with just what we've got. It gives us a break on heating, and oh boy. Well, you know, once we get it, it's going to be around for a while. That's the part that uh, we sometimes fail to remember. Yeah, so a, a slower start is okay. Yeah, no kidding. All right, man, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. You bet. Have a great day. Yep. Stu Ag meteorologist, checking in with those weather details. And speaking of details, you know, we've got the last of our uh, basically harvest information out from the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service. And it uh, basically told us what we already knew. 
that things to a large extent are wrapped up for a lot of Wisconsin farmers all across the state. Basically, 97% of our corn has already been harvested. The other interesting part is uh, over 85% of our winter wheat has come through the soil surface, so uh, it's going to get a chance to hang on and wait for a little snow to cover it up. But 84% of our winter wheat already rated good to excellent by the Wisconsin farmers that planted it. So like I said, uh, we'll bite our time and wait and see when the snow starts to show up. John Heinberg showing up after we hit the bottom of the hour. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle building technology called MSculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. MSculpt works. One 30 minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. your business thrive with integrated marketing solutions putting you top of mind get your sales growth in motion with midwest family your systematic solution for measurable marketing results midwest family midwest family we don't offer greasy handshakes or kiss babies on the forehead to get your vote. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We hope you elect Tom's Auto Center for our overall genuine knowledge of complete auto repair. We really do want to make your car great again. Stay safe, drive safe. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. You have a healthy business and you've weathered the changes. To help plan for 2021, visit Signs by Tomorrow's interactive signage map service. One certainty for next year is that signs will be critical in your continued success. Signs by Tomorrow will help with COVID signage, back-to-business signage, and delivers a fresh new creative look for your image that can increase your bottom line and competitive edge. Visit signsbytomorrow.com forward slash Madison. Imagine it. Signs by Tomorrow can do it. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. 
If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at RuralMutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Some of America's bravest warriors are returning home wounded. Here's one of them. My name is Norberto Lara. While I was on a combat patrol, a rocket propelled grenade took my arm off at the shoulder. I was discharged from the Army, and I've been working with the Wounded Warrior Project since 2007. You don't have to be severely wounded. A lot of guys have post-traumatic stress disorder. Being able to share your story kind of helps you wrap your mind around what did happen over there. My name is Norby, and yes, I do suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, but I'm okay. Don't suffer in silence. Contact WoundedWarriorProject.org. All right, Zach, speaking yeah. of uh, destroying it, you covered the Wisconsin Badger Ball, uh, Badger Ball, basketball team immensely of their first two games. Let's go to the sights and sounds, though, that first game against Eastern Illinois at the Kohl Center. What was it like going into the Kohl Center with no fans in the stands? I think I would describe it kind of like Greg Gard did. It was eerie because that's, I mean, also, I mean I've been in the Kohl Center a bunch when there's been no fans, right? Like they've yeah. been to practice a ton, so it wasn't that like that kind of uh, eerie, but when you're playing the game and you get the, that fake crowd noise and, you know, Nate Reavers, I, 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 this is the one that stood out. Like, Nate Reavers had that put-back dunk, and the defense, you know, the sideline goes crazy, but that would have been something that would have brought down the house, yeah. you know? And um, even though it is a, a non-conference game against the teams that aren't uh, on Wisconsin's level, it still would have. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's weird, it's eerie, but it's, you know, it's kind of what I think we've all become used to here this uh, these last few months. Yeah, let's go um, first half of this game against Eastern Illinois before then we look at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, Nate Reavers, you know, t- to your you just brought him up, killing it, obviously, um, just crushing it for Wisconsin against Eastern Illinois. Uh, talk a little bit about, though, the freshman that came in and saw some time against Eastern Illinois. Yeah, they made a very nice first impression, Johnny Davis and Ben Carlson. They both had really, really good games against Eastern Illinois. I think Carlson had 13 points and uh, Davis had eight. But it wasn't just... It wasn't just the scoring. They they passed it well. Johnny Davis was good at both ends. Like his first play was a block and then a or I should say a you know floater down uh, floater you know, down the baseline and then he came right back down and blocked a shot at the other end. I mean they they sh- this re- recruiting class has been talked about for quite some time. It's it's one of the best that they've ever gotten and those two guys proved why. I mean they they have been very very consistent in the first two games. Even even when Johnny Davis didn't shoot it well against the uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. He did other things, you know what I mean? Uh, he finished, I think he had a team high eight or nine rebounds. So they are, uh, I think, mature 
and comfortable way beyond their years, I guess, is, is kind of how great guards grabbed it, and I would as well. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was nice to see that freshman class really impressed. I know it was against Eastern Illinois. Badgers up, what, 27 was their highest lead, came back to only win yeah. by 10. What was with that second half, in your opinion? Well, I mean, it, I mean, it was. I think it was like nineteen before they put the uh, some of scrum, some yeah. of the um, you know the reserves. The down end of the bench. Back. Yes, thank you. I was <laughs> trying not to use the S word, um, <laughs> and not that S word. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, so uh, you're going to say uh, scrubs, Zach? Yeah, but I, yeah, we stopped it. you from doing it. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So, but you're right. No, it, the. the Lack of consistency, I think that has been uh, a buzzword, and it usually is in sports, but especially with this team, when you get up that high, you have that many seniors, you know, you're just kind of rolling and you kind of take your foot off the pedal, and it leads to a 10-point win instead of, you know, the the 20-point 20-point win it probably should have been. Right. And the same thing and the same thing happened against Arkansas Pine Bluff. They just uh, you know didn't play very well in the second half. They gave up 39 points. They gave up 43, I think, to Eastern Illinois in the second half, and you know, Greg Gard's not going to be happy about giving up that that type of those type of points uh, ever, but especially uh, in the second half where you where you have a big lead. But he, it, it's what happens sometimes, right? Yeah, it it's, is. Well, I mean, okay, because then you look at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Wisconsin wins ninety-two to fifty-eight. Wisconsin was leading twenty-five to nothing to start the game, and then yeah. obviously, you know, the second half. I guess was shaky again. I mean, they still dominated them. But when you look at the second half in Arkansas Pine Bluff, was it the same kind of things that happened against Eastern Illinois then? Yeah, I mean, to, to an extent it was. Eastern Illinois, it was a combination of poor shooting. I think they were in the 20%, uh, 20%, or I think it was like 23% from the field against Eastern Illinois in the second half. Uh, I think they were a little bit better against um, Arkansas Pine Bluff. But, yeah, I mean, some poor shot selection, just some bad shooting, uh, some defense. I mean, Arkansas Pine Bluff started making some shots, uh, which obviously they didn't do very well in the first half. I mean, they've been outscored, I think, it's 103 to 37 in the first half of games this year between Wisconsin and Marquette, just just getting blown, their doors blown off, and then, you know, maybe kind of settling in, not really playing with any uh, pressure in the second half and, and making some shots. But, yeah, the, the second half of these two games, if you're going to find something to uh, be upset with, it would be, um, them taking their foot off the pedal for sure. Should we be upset about? Like, is this something you should be upset about? Though you look at Wisconsin, it's the first two games of the season. You're you're putting in a lot of freshmen, you know, people that haven't had minutes before, and you're up so big. Is this something that you know could potentially bite them in the ass, or is this hey, this is us giving more guys? Like, is this something that we yeah. should be concerned about? Or is this hey, we're just trying out new pieces here? From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we've got the last crop progress report from the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service for 2020. That's one of the tidbits we'll share with you. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, is going to be joining us uh, live in about 10 minutes or so. We saw a big sell-off yesterday in soybeans and dairy also floundered. Uh, we'll find out if that trend is continuing this morning. And speaking of dairy challenges, Dr. Mark Stevenson with the Center for Dairy Profitability conducting a, a virtual webinar this Thursday starting at noon to try to make sure Wisconsin dairy farmers don't miss any opportunities when it comes to risk management and these lower milk prices we're looking at going into the new calendar year. So we got a lot in our basket to share with you this morning. Stand by for that. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on uh, Tuesday. So here we are already, the first day of December. On this day back in 1953, 
Hugh Hefner published his first edition of Playboy magazine. Do you remember who the centerfold was? The very first centerfold for Playboy magazine was Marilyn Monroe, published on this day back in 1953. And happy birthday to Bette Midler, 75 years young today, and now you know. All right, let's get rolling with some of this news that we bring to you this morning. Let's start off with what's coming up later this week. The Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting all online this year, and so is the Young Farmer Activities planned for the state of Wisconsin. Josh Scramlin's got an update on how that program's being scheduled. The Wisconsin Farm Bureau's 101st annual meeting is slated to take place December 4th and 5th, virtually, obviously. But as we get prepped for that, let's look at the YFA conference, which has actually been taking place since November 4th and is running through December 6th. Kelly Outenhoven is a dairy farmer in Outagamie County, and she is also the YFA state chair. So Kelly, obviously everybody wanted to be in person this year for the YFA conference and the annual meeting. It's the time when every farmer from every corner of the state gets together for that one weekend in the Wisconsin Dells. And sadly, that's not happening. But there is a bright side to things because this year you guys are able to do things you normally wouldn't be able to do. One of those things is you're going to be taking people on virtual farm tours. And that's actually happening this week. So tell me more about that. So the tour that we're going to be having, we're going to dive into almonds in California, tulips in Oregon, peanuts and cotton in Georgia, and hogs in Indiana. And with the virtual platform, this allows us to think outside the box and invite speakers and do tours that we wouldn't normally be able to do. So along with this, some of these are going to be, we can do live Q&A sessions, and every single time that you comment on one of the posts or one of the events, um, There's also going to be a $500 cash drawing if you um, click that you're going to our event and comment and things like that. You'll be entered in for cash drawings as well. Okay, I heard cash and I heard unique types of agriculture, so what's not to like there? And just so folks listening know, you can access those videos by going to the Wisconsin Farm Bureau YFA's Facebook page. That's where those videos are going to be happening and a lot of the festivities that Kelly was talking about are going to be taking place. Kelly, I'm assuming that the farmers that you're talking to all around the country are YFA members, but just in different states. Yes. Yep. And most of them sit um, either have sat or are currently sitting on the AFBS Young Farmer and Rancher Committee. So they're definitely helping us out with our with our virtual aspect. And we are also going to be recognizing members and our contest winners on December fifth. So we already had our first and second round of our discussion meet, and then we will have our final four um, on December fourth. They will be doing their. Um, discussion meet, and then we'll be announcing the contest winners on December 5th, along with our Excellence in Eggs finalists. They will also be announcing the winner on December 5th. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's such a big piece of the YFA conference are these competitions, like the discussion meet. So even though it's virtual, they did still happen. Yes, those all still happen. So normally we would have a couple different rounds of our discussion meet where members, they get a question and it's a four four to six panel, and they discuss the, the question and how um, we as Farm Bureau members can address that question and address the issues in, within agriculture. So we just swung that into an, a virtual platform. So they met via Zoom, and they still discuss, discuss the question. Obviously, it was not in person, but in the comforts of their own home. And then we went through that process to get to our final four. And along with our excellence in egg 
presentations as well. Normally, that's a 25-minute in-person interview with a PowerPoint presentation. Now, they just did the presentation via Zoom, and all of those presentations you can view on our Facebook page along with our website, which is great because normally, if you didn't attend the conference, you wouldn't be able to see these presentations or if you were busy at the time of those presentations. Now, you can see all four, and you can go back and continually watch them. Same with the discussion needs. Those were recorded, and you can view them on our website and on our Facebook page as well. Kelly Outenhoven, the state YFA chair, joins us right now. Kelly, this is a year where so much has happened, and there's certainly fatigue when it comes to these virtual events and just staring at a screen. But this is a very important event. And why would you encourage YFA members to continue to stay engaged, even though things might not be like we're used to them being? Sure. I think it's important for people to stay engaged because we need each other. The times that we're in are just completely unprecedented. You know, whether you are uh, a parent to young children that you're now homeschooling your kids if their school is going virtual, whether you're young and single and need to network and you're not being able to socialize with other people, it's important to stay engaged because we just need to ride out the storm and hopefully within the next year, we will be able to get together again. But right now, I think for the mental health of everybody, we need to stay together and we need to be able to network, be able to talk, be able to socialize, even if it is on that virtual platform. And we just need to stay engaged and and hang in there together. Kelly Outenhoven, the state YFA chair, who also happens to be a dairy farmer in Outagamie County. The YFA convention has been happening virtually since November 4th, and it is running through December 6th. And then the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting is taking place virtually December 4th and the 5th. So right around the corner, plenty of things happening, and you can get all the details on both of these events by going to MidwestFarmReport.com. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Thanks, Josh. No doubt some of the conversation those young farmers have is going to be about the challenging market conditions that they're trying to work in. Dr. Mark Stevenson with the Center for Dairy Profitability is focused in on that as well. Thursday, he is going to be conducting a special online webinar to try to help dairy farmers understand what options they've got for risk management under the Dairy Margin Coverage Program. That's what this is all about. It's risk management. It's not trying to outguess what the markets are going to do. And honestly, if a pandemic isn't just the very definition of risk, I don't know what is. In 2019, the fourth quarter, we had prices coming up. Things were looking a lot more optimistic, the futures markets. And people like myself were expecting that 2020 was going to be a continuation of that price recovery. And then by the time we got to February, March, April, dairy markets and virtually every other aspect of our economy just hit the wall. Dr. Mark Stevenson with the Center for Dairy Profitability. Remember, the sign-up opportunity for the Dairy Margin Coverage Program expires on December 11th, so you need to make some decisions if you haven't already. Now, Stevenson's webinar is set for this Thursday, December 3rd, starting at noon Central Time, and he's going to point out some of the changes that have been made to the Dairy Margin Coverage Program. We decided to make a significant change in that dairy margin coverage decision tool that we had. That tool was using futures and options market to try to forecast what we thought the margin was going to be. And a lot of people did make decisions based on the fact it didn't look like we were expecting any payouts at the end of December 2019 for the year 2020. Turns out we've made a lot of payouts. 
And that's really what risk is. So we changed the tool a lot. We're still using futures and options contract, but this time we're only calculating what we expect the cost of feed to be. And from that, we can give people an idea about the level of milk price that they're actually covering. Dr. Mark Stevenson with the Center for Dairy Profitability. Now, if you're interested in trying to get uh, hooked up with that webinar for this Thursday, the best thing you can do is uh, go to the Wisconsin Extension website and search for Dairy Margin Coverage Webinar. That uh, should get you there, and we'll also try to post it at MidwestFarmReport.com. Markets and overnight activity are trying to hold their own after a softer day yesterday in Chicago. We really saw a big drop as far as soybean prices were concerned. In overnight trade, December corn is up two at 421. Right now, the January beans are up a penny at 1169. July wheat is up two at 590. Barrel cheese on Monday dropped three quarters of a cent to 141 and a half. 40 pound block cheese was down two at 166 and double A butter. That gained a quarter of a cent at 136 and a quarter per pound. December milk right now is down 18 cents at 15.15 a hundredweight. January milk down 11 at 15.91 a hundredweight. You understand why we want to make sure dairy farmers are aware of all their risk management tools to try to protect the ugliness that could be coming their way in 2021. Coming up next, exactly what is causing this ugliness, and is it going to persist? Let's talk about it with our friend, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, live next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. This year, we've made over $53 million in paycheck protection loans. This kept more than 5,200 people employed at 225 businesses. We're committed to helping business build a better future. To learn more, go to SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, lenders you know. Member FDIC, Equal Opportunity Lender. In Windsor and Madison. No matter your traditions, the holiday season has always been about coming together. Don't focus on the preparations and the hustle or bustle. Enjoy your time with the family. And just like Christmas is a time to gather, so are funerals. Trust it to us at Gunderson Life Celebration Centers. We'll handle the details. You catch up with loved ones safely. Find us at GundersonFH.com. We're always there to help. Gunderson Funerals, serving Dane County for the past century. 
If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. So we saw a bit of a market sell-off yesterday as far as corn and soybeans were concerned. What is happening this morning? Time to talk with our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson out of West Bend. So I'll start right there, John. I was a little surprised to see double-digit losses, particularly hitting soybeans, but it took corn down as well. What was the news there? Well, basically, yeah, the entire grain market took a pretty good hit yesterday, and wheat was down double digits as well yesterday. First off, weather forecast changed a little bit over the weekend in Brazil. That was what kind of triggered the soybean market, seeing a little bit more precipitation coming in towards the end of the week. Now, that's a longer-range type forecast, so we'll see if how that materializes. You know, some damage has been done, but they're kind of, if you put it on a U.S. calendar, probably around first second week of june in terms of where their crop is right now the majority of it so moisture is key that and then also the end of the month was a big factor yesterday i mean we we obviously with the holiday break a lot of the traders were out of the market so they came back and squared up a lot of positions going into the first of december today if you go back and look at the charts on the 20th of october we lost 21 and three quarter cents on the bean market on that on there and then we chopped around for a couple days and kicked it back in again so the supply side of the equation still keeps the the buyers in this market now we put some ugly looks in the chart, so we'll have to see what happens here technically, and then also just being cautious going into the end of the year. Uh, but right now, that focus is going to be, that, again, that South American weather and what happens there. What's happening with the value on our dollar in light of administration change and, like you said, end of the calendar year? Well, the U.S. dollar index actually had a very friendly for commodity year in 2020. I mean, we obviously came off of multi-year highs and now trading at our lowest level since April of 2018. So we're really kind of watching what's going to happen here as we go into 2021. I think that's going to be a story to really keep an eye on. Now, the, the regime change or the you know change in terms of President Biden, President-elect Biden coming in, he's looking at Janet Yellen as for a Treasury Secretary. That is very, very friendly for a weaker dollar in terms of the market's mindset. And that's some of the reason we've seen the strength in the equities, you know, and that combination between the Fed policy and Chairman Powell and where he's at right now just really keeps that dollar under pressure. So that's going to be something to really keep an eye on, because if we do see that break and continue to see it grind lower, that's going to be supportive of the commodity sector. There is a reason that the money flow is sitting long all the major ag commodities right now is the fact that they're looking at the inflation side of the equation and still, you know, that supportive dollar index keeping U.S. competitive prices competitive. John Heinberg, along with us, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson out of West Bend. TotalFarmMarketing.com is their website where you can find John's contact information. Let's pivot a little bit then, John, and focus on livestock. You know, it's been a little while since we concentrated on that. Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, the pain and agony that the markets went through beginning of 2020 when uh, everything was getting jammed up as far as processing. What's happening with our cattle complex today? No cattle complex has been a uh just basically in a sideways fashion now since the fall and, and sideways to lower is where it's at. And it's a little bit of a frustration point right now for some of the cattle guys out there. We're looking at cash prices that just can't seem to get any bids. Uh, but we've had in the last couple of weeks here now just a real strong move in the retail values and prices of carcasses. Uh, so one thing we have really saw was a big jump in the price of the rib. Now that really makes us wonder what's going on in that regard. Uh, when you see a 15% jump, uh, 
putting in basically a record high for this time of year. Kind of makes you go, we maybe you had a little bit more beef rib instead of turkey here for Thanksgiving. Uh, so that's kind of one of those things that should drive our cash prices higher. We got a cattle market that's been dealing with a lot of headwinds, though. The COVID situation continues to keep the livestock markets very, very cautious. We've seen that also in two in, in, in the in the dairy industry. Same time, we're also still looking at some pretty decent numbers out there. As we finally, I think we've worked through the backlog of cattle that we've saw from the spring. So it's we're at a time frame. I think the market can get a little bit of a bid here, but we're just waiting for those cash prices to start coming together. And I think that's what will help lift this cattle market up. Uh, right now, we just can't see the packers who are making good profits right now with the retail prices where they are to throw some extra money at the producers and bring those cattle in. Yeah, and it just it makes you wonder what kind of cattle they are going to get in. The, the live weights and uh, carcass weights have to be something they're monitoring, too. Yeah, carcass weights have been heavy, and that's been one of the problems that we're dealing with here. The fact that, you know, slaughter numbers are strong. You know, we just had the latest cattle on feed report. We're 1% over last year in terms of cattle numbers. And with heavier weights, that's a lot of production that we're putting through. Uh, but, you know, it's been one of those products that we've seen that consumer really shift to that retail sector and be able to pick up that beef and, and bring it home and cook it at home versus going to the restaurant and realize we got a good product out there in that regard and it's and easy to work with. You just look at the grocery store flyers, how many beef sales are in there on a weekly basis. And that's something that wasn't here, you know, prior to the COVID window. So, so there's some encouraging things. I think we're in a market right now where we've seen things maybe finally get caught up or get a little more current in terms of where they are in the the age of the cattle. And that hopefully should give us something as we move into the end of the year, as well as into 2021. Well, let's let's leave it right there then, John. Let's try to keep it on a positive note. I appreciate that. John Heinberg joining us live this morning. He is with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson out of the West, End Bear, West Bend area. And more than happy to have conversation with you, whether you're a cattle producer, whether you're a dairy producer trying to use those risk management tools. Uh, corn and beans, are you already sold out or are you already looking ahead to 2021? John's got it all on his screens and is happy to do some troubleshooting with you and try to put you in a good position. TotalFarmMarketing.com is our website, and on that website, you'll be able to find the toll-free number to give John a call if you want to visit with him that way. You'll also be able to see a nice picture of John and uh, learn a little bit more about him and his background. So please tap into those resources while you can, because risk management has been our theme this morning. And you know, judging by these prices, it's going to be the theme that we are going to live with with quite a little while. Hey, get signed up for today's podcast. Why don't you go on over to MidwestFarmReport.com? And, of course, appreciate your comments, pictures, and whatever. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend... I am a Customs and Border Protection Officer. My job is to...